Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Thursday, July 15th, 2021, episode number 194. You said Thursday. I did say Thursday. We're dropping this early? A day early. Yeah. We're, we're going to push this one a little bit. Let's, I'm that excited. I have to get this out early. You get excited a lot. I do get excited. Well, when it, when it comes to flat track, when it comes to Jeffrey Carver, mm-hmm. when it comes to real people and good stories, all those things excite me. And they're all in this week's episode. So I want to push it out a day early. All right. That means more work, early work for you in the week. You're going to have to change your routine. When you love something, man, it's not work at all, bro. I'm, I'm editing this down tonight. <laughs> I was going to say, does that mean no sleep on Tuesday or no sleep on Wednesday? What are you, what are you doing? Yes. The answer is yes. Uh, no sleep at all. No, I, it's, <laughs> it's good stuff. I've been waiting for the, for the race that Carver's coming back to have him on to talk about it ever since the start of the season. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that. And you know I've wanted to have Bova on since Savannah. We're knocking them both out this week. Both. Two at once. In one episode. Two at once. Carter's one happy dude. Carter's happy this week with, with, and not that I'm not happy with other choices, but some just make me happier than others. Two solid dudes this week. Four solid dudes if you include the two of us. There you go. Wow. Just saying. Ooh. Yeah. Coming at you. I like it. All right. I like it. What else is going on this week? Yeah, Ashland was really good. Uh, There's a lot of good racing going on. Uh, Johnny Bova, who we're getting ready to talk to, was on the podium. He was in four classes. He's on the podium three times and missed the other podium by one spot. So Johnny Bova is worth talking about. Um, Trent Lowe was on the gas. Get low. Uh, Not only on the single, not only on the single, but he was riding one of his uh, dad's twins, and it looked really good on the Kawasaki twin. Yeah. Uh, but, But the ride that impressed me the most, right off the start in the twins' main event, three guys got together like i mean like a demolition derby get together mm. somehow they all kept going they stayed on two wheels ziggler number 89 had the whole shot but his brake pet or let me see yeah his chain got into jeffrey lowry's brake pedal ripped it off mm. i didn't know that i didn't know that until after the race ziggler was done because his the chain wrapped around the the brake pedal so ziggler was all done coming to the podium to meet me there jeffrey lowry's coming in hot I mean, coming in hot, all of a sudden, it almost looked like when you were a kid, you used to stick your rear, your foot in your rear wheel to make noise, make it go brrrr or whatever. <laughs> it seemed like that's how he slowed down. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? And they pitched it sideways coming onto the podium. Oh, wow. And he points down, there's no brake pedal. So he got off the line almost last, which there was seven twins, not, not, a, not a great big field. But he got up to second and was catching Trent. And he was going up and bouncing off the hay bales and just going to the high line. I'm like, now I know why you're going to the high line, because you couldn't slow the thing down. Right. But to me, that that was the ride of the night. Huh. Uh, it was in, it was it was cool to watch him do that with no brake pedal. So uh, that was interesting. Uh, but Trent Lowe was the man uh, in the two pro classes that was on fire. Uh, but it was it was a good night of racing. A pretty decent crowd. We actually opened up the pit area, let the people go in the in the pits for a little while. Um, but yeah, I had some fun, and Ashland never disappoints. It's a it's a cool track. If there was a way to put more people in the grandstands, if they could see the track, there should be a Grand National there. It's that it's that good of a track. Yeah, yeah. And I had a uh, I was jealous because of, of course you know I'd always rather be at a flat track than watching motocross. But I had a pretty damn fun weekend this weekend at the Wick too. Uh, horrible well, travel horrible travel we're not going to talk about that though. i was going to say did, did you make it to the wick nope. i mean it looked like every time i saw you, you were in the airport i'm going to shut it down we don't we're not even going to talk about the bad travel because it's nothing but great travel 
for Carter from here through the end of the season. I've had way too much of that bad yep. stuff. So we're, we're going to move on. All right. So I had a great time at the week. Right. Uh, saw Chambers for the first time this year. He had, we've been at like three or four events together this year and haven't haven't been able to connect. So I got to connect with him. He was actually passing people when he was out there looking really good, even though the track was rough as hell. Um, that dude's been putting in work, and you can tell. like He's uh, looking really good on the motorcycle, and I think he's going to come close if he doesn't make his first uh his gate his first gate one he's me might make a moto this year i don't know um rusty rogers i almost met rusty rogers apparently he was there with this um, almost almost i couldn't met find him. him i didn't even like uh, so it, i heard i had 15 minutes i spent 13 of them chasing chambers and getting footage for him and shooting stuff during my lunch break and at the end of the time of chambers he's like rusty's here and i'm like rusty rogers he's like yeah so like in my head i'm picturing like all the old school like youtube videos and pictures i've seen of rusty rogers and i'm running around looking right. for that guy i don't see him anywhere i probably passed him like four times but he looks completely different now he was there uh, his son was right. racing so okay i wanted to introduce myself and shake his hand but i never found him so but it was a good weekend i had a lot of fun cool. just a, a lot of potential there I, I talked to some of the riders for the first time this weekend which i think uh made it fun for me uh, i talked to uh cooper webb told him that Vandercoy named his 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 uh dog after him and then I talked to AP yeah. told him he was my new favorite rider after Red Bud when he was having a shit yeah. moto he had a really bad moto too um and it was real down in the dumps and I told him that he was my new favorite rider because I saw him in Red Bud on the podium and it just it just clicked for me that's my new guy and he went ear to ear grin right. so that was cool uh I don't know cool. just I, and I chatted it up with the Australian guys uh at the airport the next morning talking about Maxwell uh so uh, just, oh, right on. I don't Good. know. It gives it a little bit more context and makes it a little bit more real. And I love the fact that I'm in some tiny little way connecting flat track to Promoto and back and forth. Like, because <laughs> uh, like both of them just uh, are just so much fun for me to be a part of. So I dig it. Cool. That's cool. After Ashland, I got up and uh, came on down here to Columbus, Ohio, hanging out with Daryl and Jeannie Brentlinger. Nice. And they've treated me. They've treated me so well. Daryl actually stayed at Graham's house uh, during the OKC Mile weekend for about five or six days. So I'm, I'm kind of repaying the favor. Returning the I'm favor. Taking over the guest. <laughs> taking over the guest bedroom, and we went shopping. We went to the AMA Museum and stuff like that. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. Did you guys go and, buy some uh, shoes? Uh, I didn't buy any shoes. I, think daryl didn't buy any shoes but we've bought some stuff we bought some oakley's so mm. we uh, kept the kept the oakley sunglass uh, place open there you so, go uh, they had a sale of course of course they had a sale buy one get the second pair 60 bucks off or something yeah. like that so and then listen to this he traded me the pair i bought we we set this up already but we get home and I bought him a pair at the store but then we get home he hands me a limited edition pair the o on the side is like a uh uh, blacked out American flag, so it's not red, white, and blue, but it's the blacked out version. There's not very many of them made, mm. and then he popped a different set of lenses in there for me, and so I'm dialed in. Nice, and, uh, man. I like it. I don't know. Me, 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 and Daryl connect on shoes. Yeah. Shopping. Yeah. Oakleys. Yep. And collections. I mean, <laughs> you see, there's, there's a helmet behind me right now. Yeah, flat track, of course. But there's, yeah. there's 
he's got more collections going on than I do, and at least he has a place to, to, to show them all. I, I just show a few of my collections. Most of them are put up. But, yeah. uh, no, it's been a lot of fun. It's the second time I've stayed here. Uh, I stayed here last year when I came and did the ice race uh, in Troy, Ohio. So uh, it's cool hanging out with Daryl and Jeannie. Uh, Jeannie cooked for us on Sunday night, and last night we all had pizza. Tonight I think uh, we're, I think we're having some homemade spaghetti. So, Ooh, daddy. Uh, man. I don't get to. I don't cook at home, so this is like being at home away from home. I like it, dude. Like, well, in like when we went to Wisconsin, that was the first time I'd like went to a race weekend and not stayed in a hotel. I like it. Oh, it's it's so like cool. it's a little different nice. experience, especially when when you're with good people, right? Like we were uh, yep. up in Wisconsin. Yep. So yep. Uh, I don't know, man. Yep. I think uh, that that's a really cool, and it's awesome that uh, you get some quality time with Daryl outside of the racetrack. That's never a bad thing. So. Um, yep. uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, I do have to leave tomorrow morning, which is Wednesday morning. I know we're recording this early in the week, so yeah. I'm leaving Wednesday morning to head on over to DeCoin. We start racing there on Thursday, and it is uh, the amateurs have five days of racing. The pro uh, magic miles going on Saturday, right in the middle. So uh, also going on, unfortunately, this weekend is Wasion, mm. and I've never been there, but but that's going on Friday. I know we've tried to cover it for left out. I don't think it's going to work out for us this this year, but uh, it's on our bucket list too, uh, just like some other races that we always talk about but uh yeah man it's busy we should probably hit on like uh the big old press release that came out last week too i mean we're gonna obviously talk about oh, the carver yeah. inf- information here with yep. one of our guests but uh yep. the yep. some uh some rule changes there midway through the season what do you think about yeah. that uh, the the thing that strikes me where it is it's mid-season mm-hmm. i don't i don't know why they're doing it mid-season but they're adding weight to the to the Indian FTR, it says to the race motorcycle, which the only one in the in the Super Twins class is the Indian, taking the flywheel weight out, and they're making the rear wheels weigh less. Mm. So, what they're trying to do with the the flywheel and the rear wheel is they feel with that extra weight, it was slowing down the wheel spin, mm. um, and the weight on the motorcycle is to help slow them down. I mean, I think they're trying to even the playing field, which is okay. I don't know. I don't know that I'm okay with it in the middle of the season. That's just. I, I, I'm a straight shooter. Uh, I don't know um, how the Indian teams are accepting it. I know uh, Kevin Crowther was up in in Ashland last weekend. He's from Ohio, and he said he's only got two emails about it. So evidently, yeah. people are are taking it and moving forward. Um, you know, maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe maybe I'm reading too much into it. But I think a big Three, three things that you have to change before Port Royal. Everybody yeah. can run the same stuff here at DeCoin, but before Port Royal, which you had 16 days when the press release came out to switch three things. Yep. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I, I, I just don't understand why it's happening midway through the season. Well, but I think the bigger thing that I'm some not, I'm people not, think about and try to understand or don't make sense is, too, is like uh, uh, when you you hear all the talk about, like, putting limitations on Indian like they did in Honda. And there's just that fear, right? I think there's that, there's that over that looming fear um, that, 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 that nobody wants that to happen again. And I think that that's kind of when you see stuff like this, you worry that that could potentially lead to that. But it may be to your point, right? Like um, maybe, I mean, maybe Indians known this is coming and it's not a big deal. And like, uh, I don't know, it, it's it, the, to your point about mid season, right? Like every rider, every team, Everybody involved in the series plans in the off season for the whole year, right? So throwing these right, curveballs, right. it almost seems like it, it sets half the people in the paddock or the pits 
at a disadvantage, right? Because they don't have uh, the luxury of being able to uh, adjust uh, like they need to. So I don't know. It, it does. I, it does raise some eyebrows some some places. But if he's only gotten two emails, then yeah, who knows? It might not be right. that big of a deal, right. like you said. I think I would like to go to the writers' meeting at DuCoin just to see if there's any scuttlebutt going on. I like that word. I, I, I want to go see what's going on, see what's being said, because that's when everybody's in one area with the with the officials, with the rule makers and stuff like that. So I might try to squeeze on over there to the writers' meeting to, uh, this weekend. I, I usually don't get to, but uh, maybe one I, I don't want to miss. Well, it's, it's not something we haven't done in the past. Maybe it's worth uh, getting somebody uh, from the AFT side to kind of talk about that, right? There, there, there's probably... Yeah. There's, you know, anytime that they've made a decision like this, it's not something that they want to do midseason. I guarantee it, right? Like, um, right. So right. it's it's not easy for them, and there's probably seven or eight good reasons why they would do it. So, um, and I think most of the time, when there's confusion, when there's frustration, when there's hesitation, it's because that stuff hasn't been fully communicated sometimes in a way that people understand or can consume right so right. like uh, maybe it's just right. as simple as having the conversation with somebody and understand it but um it's worth talking about it's worth talking through and getting people's feedback right because it does impact yep. uh some of the folks at the, at the highest level of this of the sport so i don't know yep absolutely so let's go ahead with, with some hollywood nuggets yeah. we're going to the decoy mile the magic mile the last race there was back in 2015 it was a photo finish Brian Smith got the win. Can he back that up? We're going to have to wait and see. Uh, we have raced there 26 previous times. Two, Actually, three riders have won there four times. Can you name them? Three riders have won the there spot. four times? Four times. Scott Parker. Yes. Ricky Graham. Negative. Uh, I don't. Ricky won there once in 1982. Springer. Nope. Springer, actually, I don't think... Yeah, he won there in 77, way back in 77. But have won what? there four times? This is crazy. That's, that's, this is why this is my favorite Hollywood nugget so far. Brian Smith. Um, so, nope, he's only won there one time. You got to remember, we haven't raced there a whole lot. We raced in 2015, 2005, 2004, 2002, and then it was pretty consistent for quite a ways back. So I'll uh, go ahead and send you the next one. We've had this guy on before, Hank Scott. That's one there four times. Okay. That's number two. And then one of my heroes, Bubba Schobert, he won there four times. All right. And he did it all four in a row, 85, 86, 87, 88. So Chris Carr hasn't won there four times? Chris Carr um, has never won the Decoy Mile, according to everything I found. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Hold one on, time. hold on. 2005, yes, one time. I forgot about 2005. Gotcha. Yeah. So that that surprises me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I'll ask him about it. What, what, why only one win there, Carr? What's up? What's going exactly. on with that? Ask exactly. Carr anything. Uh, <laughs> so n- n- no riders have won there three times. Yeah. And three ri- three riders have won there twice. Davy Camlin, Rich King run back to back in 01. There's two races in 01, and Kevin Atherton won there twice as well. So wow. Those are my Hollywood Nuggets for the Magic Mile. I love it. I dig it. I'm, I'm looking I'm looking forward to this one because it was it was this one to me is kind of like indie in the sense not just the fact that they're going back to a race that they haven't been to in a while but there's a lot of history there's a lot of people that like talk about the nostalgia of this place but it's always kind of just been like this thing that I've seen on YouTube videos and uh, I don't know DuCoin right. seems like even bigger than the Indy Mile in that sense like if you had to weigh the two which one would you say is the bigger 
bigger I think, mile. I think Indy Mile. In Indy Mile, because we race there a lot more, and it's in town. We've had, you know, Kenny Roberts' story there on the K, on the, uh, the the triple, you know, that, that made so much headway, that made so much noise. Yeah, uh, MotoGP was always close by when they when they were coming to Indy. So, uh, but racing, uh, it's hard to picture this track. But I'm I'm going to try to see if they can't get the drone up high because it's like the Indy 500 track with four like it's more of a rectangle mm, mm-hmm. with four with four unique corners to go fast I'm going to ask Jeffrey Carver when we talk to him but some people go in there and go up there and diamond the corner and then come off and just square it off and make one corner out of two corners mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard to it's hard to see it but if we can get an above shot like from an aerial shot this weekend i think people would understand why it's so hard to ride why it's so different why the drafting is more important um uh it's kind of like riders can ride on the bottom of the racetrack it's kind of like a larger scale barbara fritchie out of two what you were talking about maybe or no uh kind of sort of i would i'm still going to relate to the indy 500 with with four neat corners so it's, it's just and sam and sammy Sabedra talked about it when we were live the other night how you kind of have a short shoot at the barber fritchie but this is on a mile racetrack so mm. it's, it's it's in a bigger scale larger scale i guess i should say looking forward to so, it i'm I, excited i like Heck just yeah. going to new races anyway because uh i don't know i, I feel like it especially like if it's one that riders don't have a lot of experience and teams don't have a lot of uh, data on uh, because it kind of there's not a lot of things that set uh, a level playing field with the riders that we have when we go to races and tracks that, that right. we go to all the time so i always dig seeing yeah. that i like to see how the day unfolds for everybody and uh just watch a watch a new track um so yeah i wish i was going in person but yeah i'll be yeah. up in uh I, I, minnesota this weekend I think the singles class is going to be super exciting. I think we're going to have a pack of 16 riders. I hope we have a pack of 16 riders, and I hope it's safe. I hope it's the best racing we've ever seen because, you know, uh, mile racetrack, you know, mile racing is incredible. It's like ballet at, you know, 110 miles an hour. It's just it, it's so exciting. I can't wait for this weekend. Do you think DeCoin will remain on the schedule after this week or – I hope so. Uh, the, the same gentleman that is putting on Ducoin is the same guy that put on Joliet. It's okay. good to have. Uh, it's Bob Sargent and his whole team. Um, I think that's part of the reason they jumped back in is because they, they were able to put two races in, on the schedule. So I think so. And I hope nice. we go back to Joliet, too. The racing got really good throughout the night. So uh, it's different when we haven't been to a place for a while, just like Joliet, just like here. It's hard to base your crowd and your attendance off of one one race so you know you might have to do the race two or three times to see if it's going to be successful the downside to decoin carter it's out in the middle of nowhere yeah uh it's an hour and a half drive from st louis it's is the biggest city so you know we have to fly into st louis and drive um so that's the only downside to decoin for me i could see that being a really cool destination event though like right like if you're a diehard flat tracker and you know with all the other races there in illinois i don't think it's a bad thing because there is it's such a hub for flat track right like you could turn out and have an amazing crowd there uh even though it is remote in the middle of nowhere um from just like the racing alone right but, but part of that is I think we're going to have a built-in crowd because it's part of the AMA Flat Track Grand Championships. All right. these kids Fair. and their families are all going to come to this race. So I think it was a good move for Bob Sargent and Steve Nace to get together and put it all together. So, you know, 
uh, you know, some of these pro riders are going to stick around and help the amateur riders too, just like we're going to talk to Carver uh, and some other guys are going to hang out and help the up-and-comers. I think it's I think it's a good marriage. I think it's going to work out perfect. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, man, uh, right, perfect segue into the first person we're going to talk to, talk about Illinois. Uh, the FBI. This is one of the members of the FBI, and he's racing again this weekend on a national level, which you know I'm stoked about. So exciting. I'm, I'm glad Carver's coming back. It's been a little while since he's raced with us, and to be riding for Kenny Coolbeth, you know, some fast guys are teamed up together for at least one race. We'll see when Sammy Halbert comes back. I know that's Sammy's spot, um, but... Man, I can't wait to see this guy race. Let's let's uh, let's get him on the horn. Everybody wants to hear from him. You know, I want to hear this interview. Here we go. Wizard, what's up, man? Just eating a smoothie bowl. How you doing, <laughs> a smoothie bowl. It's lunchtime. Hey, thanks for taking the time to chat with us. I know you're busy. It's a crazy week. I heard you had a school going on today. Well, yeah, we kind of been doing. I've been doing Tuesdays and Thursdays. Like 9 to 11, pretty much 9 to possibly noon, 1, 2 o'clock. And we've had anywhere from 1, 2 people to 6 people. And today we, um, we've actually been setting up some, I've been setting up some pedals, starting to do like recovery Mondays and cardio Wednesdays. And Max Will's been pedaling, Cole Zabala's been pedaling, one of my buddies, Jason Watkins. So it's been pretty good. I've been uh, filling in some time and with me kind of been thinking about racing I kind of been getting ready, so I got about 100 miles on the bike in about a week and a half. So um, just trying to get myself prepared for that. And also, it's been really good training these kids getting ready for amateur nationals. Um, a lot of good kids around the area, a lot of people that are putting in the dedication. And um, I'm excited to, to go there this week and help out and be there all week as well for the race. So right now, yeah, today and tomorrow is crunch time to get finished up, going to ride some more flat track and motocross tomorrow to get my last day in and then recover a couple of days and be there for the kids. Man, last time we talked, you were just getting those classes started. It's good to know that there's, you're still doing it. Um, what else you been up to? Well, I went this past week and I went to a bluegrass festival. Um, it was about a hundred miles each way. I rode my, uh, Royal Linfield there, and um, it was the first time ever camping off the bike completely. I've done some some runs and some rides. I actually, a few years ago, I, my dream was like if I could get a salary and, and I could travel the races, I thought about possibly riding to some of the races, just the kind of, just the mentality in the zen and then just having, you know, miles underneath, you know, on your seat. Um, but in general, I've just been uh, doing a lot of self-work, um, trying to just reprogram my brain, taking negativity out, making sure the things that are weighing me down, getting rid of them, working on what's really important with me. And, um, been working, doing some family stuff. Uh, two of my, uh, two of my cousins that are a couple years younger just had a boys. So, um, I got two nephew boys and then my other sister has two. So I went on a float trip with them a couple weeks ago and, um, just been loving the simple life. I've been, um, I've been racing every single weekend throughout the summer. You know, I've, you know, you start adding it up. You got like, you know, you're racing anywhere from 20 to 40 weeks out of, out of your, uh, out of your year. And I've been doing it super heavy, you know, for almost my whole entire life. You know, I've been racing professionally since 08. Um, 
So it's just been it's been really really nice to have this downtime to just let let things pass and just kind of like reevaluate what's really important. Um, I love the race and flat track, but it's also been something that um, I've had to sacrifice a whole lot to be able to have it, and most people don't see that. And you know, two years ago I was you know gone 275 days out of the year, so there's a lot of things I've missed and. Um, it's just really nice to have a little bit different pace, see it and respect it. You know, it was really good being at Joliet helping out and, um, it's been good seeing stuff on the outside. Um, so all in all, I'm pretty happy with where I am and I'm happy that things came together to be able to, uh, race this national coming up here in my home state. So, so wait a second. You're telling me that there's, there's life outside of motorcycles. I've always wondered and heard that, but I never got to explore that myself. I, I, I guess I didn't know that. Well, you know, we're super lucky to be able to grow up in a community and a lifestyle that gives us something. And, and a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people don't have that. Like maybe they played sports or maybe this or that, you know, maybe their dad just, you know, just went to work and came home and they they didn't do much. And uh, so, uh, you know, the real thing that kind of backs it up with what I'm doing with my schools is that, you know, Happy Trails Racing is I'm turning it into Happy Trails experiences. So, like, at a certain point, it's going to be where you're going to – you can come in, you can stay, stay in storage containers that are built out or small houses, and you can stay for a week, drop your kid off. We can go rock climbing. We can pedal. We can do some yoga and teach you about eating, you know, the fire stuff. Like, I really want to bring around, like, the whole mentality because I feel like the more I just solely focus on racing and motorcycles, the more I lose touch um, with what's really important in life in general, I feel. I mean, I just feel like there's an overall, you know, plan or just an overall thing that's going on, and racing is just a small part of it. And so when you can separate it, then you can come back to it and work harder at it. It's not just your life. It's not just whenever you don't make the main event, your whole life falls apart. Like, it's not about those things anymore. It's about, like in life, you, you it's never about really winning, but in racing it is. So, like, if you can learn to succeed in life, then you're going to succeed in racing. And so I feel like that's what's made me the athlete that I've been is because I've worked on my health, my nutrition, my body, my spirit, and, you know, there's certain things that I haven't worked on that I'm still working on that I feel like it's important. And I, you know, like, I'm really happy to be coming back racing because I was questioning if it was going to happen. I was allowing the path to kind of take me the way it was going. I didn't, I didn't think that I wouldn't show up at a national this year, but I was open to that possibilities if that's what I needed in life. And so now it's everything's coming back around. So that's what I'm really been working towards is I feel like I have a, a bigger purpose in the community to help than just be the guy on the seat that people are waving a flag over. And and that's really what has been hitting me for years. I've just been so wrapped up in doing everything I possibly can to be able to just compete and be out there and travel and do it that I'm finally taking a step back and I feel like it's a you know bigger scheme in my eyes. That's that's amazing. It's amazing that you've realized that and are acknowledging that and moving forward with it. So I, I got to know how the deal with you and Coolbeth uh, come about. Well, I mean, you know, we know Sammy got hurt and, um, you know, them guys, 
They wanted. They didn't really want anybody else to ride. They were just going to keep the bike up on the shelf. And I, Kenny was always, um, honestly, was one of my idols for a long time. Like I studied him for years. Like I finished second behind him as many times as I have to Jared. You know, and the stuff that I learned from Coolbeth is stuff that I have. A lot of things that I learned from him, I don't see many other people being able to do. There's only a very few riders that can do what what he does and the way he can ride a bike and um in all i feel like having that combination and that we both kind of have kind of similar styles i'm really excited to kind of get out there and just have some fun and you know i mean obviously sammy's proven the bikes have been really good and they got some good speed so you can beat jared on a mile and you can beat tolbert's horsepower then you definitely have a good package and um that's definitely what kind of sparked it in me to to go ahead and um you know, truly think about if I wanted to come back and race it or not. Is it just a one race deal and wait and see how Sammy's going or have you got plans down the future or just see what happens after DeCoin? Um, right now we're just focusing on DeCoin. Um, right now I'm focusing day to day and, um, we'll kind of see how it goes. I would, um, pretty much planning on racing Springfield. Um, I don't have a for sure thing lined up yet, but I have some stuff in the works. So, I'm not really sure. Um, I know Sammy's going to be coming back and doing his thing, and um, I'm just really grateful to have this opportunity uh, right now. Dude, I love it. Uh, what Before we let you go, what are your expectations? I, I, I think you're going to be a podium guy, if not winning this thing. I mean, there's nothing holding you back, right? For sure. Um, I don't have any expectations, and that's a beautiful thing that means that the playing field is open. Um, I definitely been thinking about it. I really been working on just my drafting mentality, my mindset of how I want to do things and, and, and what I want to do. And, um, I know there's $5,000 up for grabs in about two minutes that kind of excite me. And, um, besides that, I just know I want to be there at the end of the race because it, you know, you get, you get the last five laps. That's whenever the, the race really starts. So, um, as long as you can position yourself to be in that, you know, a chance to be sitting at the table when you got five laps to go, then there's a good chance that I can win it. So in the meantime, I just have to do everything I possibly can to like I've been trying to do and just, yeah, just work on, help with these kids, keep myself in the mentality and, and, and just have fun. The coin's a different animal. It's got uh, four unique corners. Sometimes they diamond it off and make it one big corner and, and uh, you know the the vibes there. It's it's a cool track. It, it's a to me it's like an old school feel of of like the old nationals. Um, what are your thoughts going into it? How do you think it's going to play out? How's DeCoin different than any other racetrack we go to? Well, DeCoin, like you know, if, if, if Scotty, you've seen it, and not many people have really rode it, but it definitely you know the corners are the entrance of the corners are, are really big. It turns in, but it literally, if you ride the guardrail, you'll pick your foot up and go straight across the corner and then turn again coming off. And then the wall comes up really quick. So it's made to ride really fast in and not be riding around the bottom. It's made to keep momentum up. So, you know, in 15, we were up almost clipping the air fence. I remember back in would have been 07. I think we had a shootout. I think Vanderker won. I got second. And, uh, we were up, we were up next to the air fence that day too. So, and I've wrote it, I've wrote it down around the bottom. Um, you know, you watch old school videos, you see Rich King, you know, Will Davis, he can work the bottom. It takes a unique rider, but the thing about that place is you, um, it, it's like the coin indoors. It's, it's the same type of dirt. So 
you learn to chase the dirt. You learn to chase off the rubber. The rubber is what it really gets slick there. So it's learning that, watching it, being able to adapt, you know, having the bike, you know, set properly. But it's got some really good long straightaways. I'm really excited to get out there on the Indians. I think they're going to work good. And I have some really good mild tricks and ideas up my sleeves. So to, to, to me, it's, a, it's one of the best riding tracks because it's not just a, a, a perfect oval. It's, you know, um, it's more like when we ride Springfield, when we run the top at Springfield, that's how you ride the coin if you're going fast. And, and if you ever watch Atherton or heard anything about that, you just leave the thing locked and, and, and go for it. So we'll see how, uh, how it all goes. I love it. I love it. Uh, thanks for taking the time and, and take it easy on me. See, his knee is not 100% yet, okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, we're getting ready to call Johnny Bova. Anything you want me to say to him? Or uh, I, I think he's a good kid, and I, I know he's been hanging out with you a little bit or has hung out with you a little bit. Uh, we're going to call him up next. Yeah, just um, tell him good luck. I see he's been doing well, and he's got the hair flowing. So, uh you know, the kid came with me to a couple nationals and picked up a couple things right away. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really good. I, I really love seeing these younger kids excel and, and, and grow. So uh, good luck. Sounds good. Hey, man, thanks for your time. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you in DeCoin, man. I cannot wait to see you back on the motorcycle. Thank you, Scotty. I say this every time we talk to this guy. You're not going to meet anybody more real in in our community in my opinion that's just my two cents that it's it's every time we talk to him it's as real and as raw as it gets and i i just can't get enough of it love that dude and i'm so glad he made time for us i know he's busy he's he's doing schools he's riding bikes he's he says peddling and uh you know helping helping amateurs get ready there's only a couple days left before he heads down to decoin so uh we appreciate jeffrey for taking the time i wish him well this weekend and and maybe we'll see him again he said he's got something in the works for springfield yeah so uh this might not be the only national we see him at but uh Man, I just hope he does well, and, and uh, good luck to him and the Cool Beth Nyla race team. We talked to him a little bit after, and uh, he said he's been getting after it with Max Whale on the track. Man, I'd love to be in that corner watching those two go after it uh, against each other. That'd be a lot of fun to watch. But uh, I heard he's been getting getting on the bike and uh, and going at, at it pretty hard, man. So I look forward to seeing what he does in DeCoin. And, you know, I always love seeing him go at Springfield. So if he can make something happen there, I'll be just as stoked. So, uh, yeah, always good to catch Absolutely. up with him. And, uh I didn't even realize this before we uh, talked to our guest this week, but he has ties to to Johnny Bova, our guest this week. That's kind of cool. I'm definitely going to have to ask him about that for sure. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Um, Well, you want to get into the... uh... Yep, let's do it. Number 35 from Wadsworth, Ohio, Johnny Bova. Johnny Bova. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. I haven't talked to you since on the podium a couple days ago. You doing all right? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? I'm good. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Because I think you rode every class at Ashland. <laughs> yeah, we definitely rode a few, but uh, it was a good time. <laughs> I was a little tired, right. though. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. Peter, I was taken out of you and riding four classes out of the nine races. Had to been tough. We'll talk about that a little bit more here in just a second. Um, I, I, I've been wanting to talk to you for quite a while. Actually, Carter's been wanting to talk to you longer than I have. I'm going to be honest with you because uh, – you're an up and comer. We don't know a lot about you, so I don't have a lot of notes to go off of. So I'm I'm a little nervous about this one. Can you believe that? I mean, not much to be nervous about. I'm just a uh, just a regular guy. 
All right, that sounds cool. So let's let's go back to the beginning. Uh, where were you born? I was born um, in Medina, Ohio. Okay, so there's a Medina, New York. I didn't know there's a Medina, Ohio as well. Where's that at? Uh, we're about uh, 45 miles south of Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, all right. Is that where you grew up? Yeah, yeah I kind of grew up in uh, the neighboring cities there. Well, uh, I guess we're technically not really cities. We're a little bit rural, but uh, it's Akron, about 15, 20 minutes. Come over here to Ohio, and you got pea gravel everywhere. It's a little bit nicer weather. So uh, what's it like growing up in Ohio? Oh, man, the uh, the weather's pretty unpredictable, but uh, sometimes that can be a good thing because, like, you know, we've been on our way to races before, and, it, you know, the forecast is showing it's going to rain out, and we get there, and it doesn't rain an inch. So hmm. um, they say if you don't like the weather in Ohio, just wait a few minutes, and it'll change, and uh, that's pretty accurate. So yeah, it's not yeah. bad. I- I got that. I, I uh, stayed at Brentlinger, Brentlinger's house this week after Ashland before heading over to DeCoin. And I think it's rained uh-huh. every day and the suns came out every day and it's been nice. It's been warm. It's been cool in the evening. So <laughs> I'm right there with you. It changes every every few minutes. <laughs> oh, man, it sure does. So and sometimes in the winters, you know, sometimes we'll have really nasty winters and sometimes not so much. It's just uh, kind of got to play it by ear usually. That is crazy. Yeah. Uh so how, how how did you get into motorcycles? Well, I'm actually a third-generation flat track racer. Uh, my dad did. He, he raced flat track, and uh, so did my grandfather. And uh, I'm also third-generation number 35, too. So, that's awesome. So, that's that's cool. awesome. Yeah. So yeah. when did you when did you first ride a motorcycle? I started riding. My first bike was a... Uh, little kdx 50 when i was three and a half years old and uh used to ride that around a little bit and then uh i didn't really get to start racing racing until i was about uh 15 actually uh my parents uh didn't share the same home growing up and uh they didn't also didn't share the same enthusiasm about racing so right around when i was about 15 i uh got to start riding a uh, 1980 kx250 uh two stroke and a night frame yeah and, uh, Ever since then, I've just been having fun, and just, we just keep going, so it's all good. <laughs> That's crazy. Did you always want to race and just wait until you're a little older, or was it something like when you got a little bit older when you are 15 said, hey, I'm going to give it a shot? Yeah, I mean, I had, like, I had a 50, I had a 65, an 85. I had, you know, majority of, uh, you know, all the bikes, like, you know, when kids start out when they're real young, you know, when they go through the, the stages, but, uh, I'd only get to go maybe like once or twice a year, so I never really counted it. Because um, you know, once I turned about 15, I uh, got my temps, and it's kind of like I could start making more of my own decisions. And said, "Hey, I think I want to go racing." Something I've always, you know, I've been around the races for a long time, and something I always kind of want to pursue. So, uh, and now we're doing it. <laughs> so, when when you're growing up, you said you got to go to the races just a little bit. Besides your dad and your grandpa, were there any other riders that you looked up to that you really watch closely yeah um for sure like jeffrey carver is always a big one um i actually got to travel around with him a little bit um i traveled around with him and ben evans for about a year and he kind of took me you know they kind of took me under their wing and got to learn a lot about you know line choices and bike setup and you know even all the mental parts of racing and uh i'd say he's uh he's really somebody I look up to a lot and i still do and uh you know, he's just a really down-to-earth person. He's really, really nice to talk to. He always takes time for the kids, and I'm trying to kind of follow him a little bit and, and uh, see what happens. So, 
That's awesome. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people would, would kill for that opportunity. It's it's one hell of an opportunity to go, and you learn as much just from being around them, I'm sure, as being at the track and talking race stuff. So that, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, it was always a good time with those guys. You know, we're always up, up to something and always made the best out of every situation, it seemed like. So it was really cool to be around something like that and, you know, kind of get to experience what's on race day for sure. And then um, – from there, you know, once in a while he'd be at the races or I'd give him a call and say, hey, you know, bike's doing this or, you know, he'd help me out. And, uh, you know, or once in a while I'd just give him a call and see what he's doing. So, it's uh, yeah, it's really cool to, you know, be buddies with somebody like that. And it's, uh, it's all good. So That's awesome. We, uh, we we did see somewhere that you raced on a Bull Taco. We obviously just heard about the, the KX250 you had in, in a dirt, dirt track frame. What kind of bikes are you riding now? Yeah, I, uh, my dad also has a uh, 67 Boltaco Sherpa S with a Persang motor. It's actually brakeless, and uh, I ride that one once in a while. That one's a lot of fun to ride. It's like driving a Cadillac, it feels like. Um, <laughs> but now mainly we're uh, <laughs> we're sticking to the Yamaha 450s. Uh, I got about three of those now, and I uh, also got a couple carb Honda 450s in the, in the stable. So I'm actually getting ready to get one of them going again, and uh, I always like riding those bikes. They're uh, really fun to ride, and they handle really nice, hook up really nice. But uh, we're starting to really like those Yamahas. We're trying some stuff and, you know, get a little more seat time, and uh, it seems like we're having we're having fun. So I think my dad's definitely enjoying it, so that, that, that helps. <laughs> yeah, you know, you guys have been having big smiles on your face the last few races. I was with you at Barbara Fritchie and then uh, at Ashland. We'll get to those races here in just a second. I want some more background before we get there. But um, growing up in Ohio – did you just race locally when you turned 15 or when did you start traveling? Yeah. I, uh, we always went to a local track called Western reserve here in, uh, Salem, Ohio. Um, that's where, you know, I'd go like once or twice a year. And, uh, and then we started going to a place called Harpster, Ohio. I know we were there for the amateur nationals the one year. So I used to go there and I used to ride that KX 250 and, uh, we kept going, going, and, you know, I started to seeing all the kids were also riding, you know, modern 250 classes, so started riding that with that vintage bike, and then um, we bought it. We bought a modern KX 250, so I got to uh, ride that for a few races, and then uh, that actually blew up. We are down in uh, Savannah, Georgia one time, mm. so uh, from there we uh, kind of got to uh, modern 450s a little bit, and uh, I did grow up for a while riding the AMA vintage series a lot, especially on that cow. I really, that was mainly my, you know, big time, I guess, amateur bike for sure. So it was, uh, it's always fun to ride that thing. I love it. <laughs> Has it always been flat track or did you try motocross or anything else on two wheels? Yeah. I, uh, I never really pursued like, um, another discipline of motorcycle racing. I, I cross train a lot, especially when I'm back home with my buddies, I'll, uh, Go ride some hair scrambles or go ride a little bit of motocross stuff like that so it's nice to have a change once in a while for sure and i'm not uh i'm not real experienced riding in the woods or you know i'm not real good with the jumps or anything but uh i keep going and having fun and getting a good workout in and uh having a good time riding with everybody so it uh usually all works out you said you started really getting into flat track about 15 so how old are you now 
now I'm currently 19. I'm going on 20 this year, actually in October. I feel like an old man already. (laughs) (laughs) You're, 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 you're way less than half my age. So you're not anywhere near being an old man, but I I know the feeling sometimes when you're on the road (laughs) a lot and going racing and stuff like that. Um, so what do you do for a living that allows you to go racing like you have been lately? Well, uh, my dad actually, uh, owns a vintage motorcycle shop. That's kind of how we got into the vintage scene. He's been, uh, He's been in business since 1984, and uh, yeah, we uh, we have a lot of access to a lot of vintage parts and uh, vintage bikes, and uh, also too, we used to go to all, all the AMA vintage races. Uh, you know, people would always you know start coming up to me after they saw I was riding that, that little cow, and they'd say, "Hey, you want to ride this bike?" Like, I got to ride a, a BSA 441 Victor before; that was really cool, and uh, I got to ride some XR 500s, all kinds of stuff like that. So. I love riding all the vintage stuff, and uh, we're actually planning on going to Wasion this weekend and uh, Friday night. So okay. I'll bring that all car right. out there and ride that. And uh, I'm actually looking to maybe try to ride some more classes there, but I don't have any more bikes. I'm out of vintage stuff. <laughs> well, maybe just so. take a look around the pit area when you get there and say, "Hey, is anybody riding this bike? Or you got a backup bike? You know, just start walking around, and and people know who you are now. You're making a name for yourself. I think I think some guys might be delighted to put you on their motorcycle. Oh man, that'd be great. We're uh, we're definitely trying to find something. I heard there's a vintage twins class there. I'd really like to uh, be able to get to ride in. I know they have a hooligan class there too. And uh, mm-hmm. I actually got to ride a hooligan bike for the first time this past weekend, and man, it was a blast. It's yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna talk before, but yeah, yeah. I was gonna talk <laughs> more about that in just a minute. But uh, before we get there, what's one bike you know, like a vintage bike that you haven't ridden that you that you would love to ride? Well, actually, there's two of them. Um, one of them is an XR750. We actually have one. It's one of my dad's bikes from when he was a kid. It's a 77 XR750 in a Lavo uh-huh. chassis. We're getting. We're actually putting it, you know, actually, my motor builder, Larry Zumbrum, who used to do all my dad's motors, he's actually putting it together for us. So I'm getting, I'm really anticipating riding that one. And uh, we also have a Rotax and a Boss frame. I've never ridden a Rotax either. So I guess they're kind of considered vintage now. I'm kind of chomping at the bit to ride that one, too. It's sitting on the shelf, and I want to pull that thing down so bad, and we might do it pretty soon. We're going to see. <laughs> I was, was going to say, I'll come down and help you out, man. I mean, because I want, I want to see you do it. I, I love the Rotax. That's what, that was my you know, my favorite bike, and I had two of them for quite a while. But, uh, man, I love the Rotax, and I never got to race an XR750. So if you get to do that, I'm so jealous. But uh, tell us what your dad's name of the, your dad's shop is. And, and I know Larry Zumbrum who used to help out uh, Sammy Halbert, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely a pretty small world for sure. Um, my dad's shop is called Johnny's Vintage Motorcycle Company, and uh, I've been hanging around here ever since I can remember. And I actually work here full-time now, so me and my dad usually work Monday through Friday about 60 hours a week, and then, you know, we uh, I usually work on all my own stuff during the week, and uh, I can do pretty much everything on them. Zum- Larry Zumber builds the motors for us, and uh, I kind of do everything else. I mean, it's like that. And... Uh, so yeah, we usually uh, work till about five. Then I start working on the race bikes after work, and uh, usually uh, it gets pretty tight, but it always works out. We're always at the races, ready to go. So, so at, at the races, let's uh, let's shift gears just a little bit. Do you have to work on the bike too? I know your dad's been with you, but you know, as a rider, sometimes you have to work on your own bike. I know your dad's there too. Do you help out, or when he's there, can you just sit back and and maybe catch your breath a little bit? 
Um, I usually do all the work at the races too, but uh, I definitely rely on my dad for, you know, especially advice like gearing and a lot of line choice and tire pressure. And uh, the thing is when he was, you know, he was riding those bikes back then, there wasn't really, you know, suspension that you could really adjust pretty much only had like gearing and tire pressure and, you know, that sort of thing. So he's really good in that, those areas, but uh, me and him are still trying to kind of figure out the suspension aspect of the four fifties. And, uh, I don't know. We've been, we've definitely been experimenting a lot and I've, uh, got to talk to a lot of people and pick a lot of people's brains that, uh, I really look up to. And, uh, it seemed like we've been uh, getting a lot more comfortable. So I think, I uh, hope we're going in the right direction for sure. <laughs> it, it sure, yeah. it sure seems like it. Uh, let, let's back up a couple of weeks ago, Barbara Fritchie classic, uh, walk me through that day. Cause I'm pretty sure you had a, a really good day up there in Maryland. Yeah, it was, uh, we got there the night before, which is, kind of unusual for us usually we pull in you know three in the morning four in the morning because uh you know since my dad owns a motorcycle shop we always try to make stops along the way to help get some gas money and what have you so we got there actually kind of early which is really cool we actually picked up about three motorcycles on the way but uh <laughs> we can talk about that a little bit later but uh um yeah we got there a little bit early and it was nice to be able to relax they had a little concert going on my dad checked that out and he was really digging that and uh yeah we just unloaded and uh i decided to ride the short tracker because the turns were so tight and uh made one gearing change and a couple suspension changes and really just tried to focus on getting good starts there and uh yeah we just kind of went from there and just kind of went for it so it was, it was a lot of fun have you ever been there before yeah i was there uh man it's almost been two or three years ago now and i actually got dead last in all the main events there well, last time I was there, it was pretty rough. Wow, wow! <laughs> so, what a, what a turnaround for you. What do you think of the track? It's it's very different. It's very narrow to me, and you go uphill in the front straightaway, and then downhill in the back straightaway. But what does it feel like as a rider? It was like uh, turn one and two were like super technical, but if you found the if you found the good line there, um, it was actually really really smooth and. Uh, Actually, Sammy Sabedra and my dad were telling me both the same thing, trying to ride this one certain line there. And uh, I found it in a couple of the main events. So I started riding that and uh, made it a lot easier. So uh, three and four was a little bit different. I kind of tried a bunch of different lines over there, trying to find something that worked pretty good. But uh, overall, I, I really enjoyed it. It was, a, it was a really good time. It wasn't too hot or anything. Um, yeah, it wasn't dusty. So it was it was pretty cool. Uh, Steve Nathan's crew put on a really good race. and. Yeah, we had a really good time. We'll definitely go back. Yeah, me too. I was I was delighted when they said they're going to race. I thought all along they were just trying to make it to 100, and I thought maybe it might go away. But when we asked the crowd if they wanted to come back next year, and we asked Richard Riley if he was going to do it, and they all said, yeah, I was like, heck yeah, let's keep it going. So I was glad to hear that. Uh, this last weekend, you were at Ashland, Ohio, and, and I think I met you on the podium uh, three times and you raced in four classes and you just barely missed the podium on, on the hooligan, I believe by one spot. So you talked about riding the hooligan. You actually were, were supposed to ride one bike. What did you think about riding the Harley twins on a pea gravel track? Oh man, it was, it was, uh, definitely a handful, but it was really cool to, uh, you know, get some big bike experience and ride something like that. Uh, we're actually really seriously thinking about building a hooligan now because I got to think, uh, Josh Young and Adam for uh, giving the opportunity to ride their bikes. It was, uh, I've always, I've always, always wanted to ride a hooligan. I was uh, definitely not disappointed. That's for sure. Those things run really good. And, uh, 
it was it was a little bit different riding a 450 though i don't know about you know everybody else but for me i couldn't really throw it around like i wanted you kind of had to glide it in there but oh man it was it was so cool i i'm chomping at the bits to ride one again i'm really hoping i can find one to ride at washington washington's one of my favorites coming up yeah, yeah, somebody somebody surely would let you ride one. I think it'd be a blast. And and one thing I learned from jumping off a, a big bike, jumping back onto your 450, uh, it makes that 450 feel like a mini bike, and you can just do – you feel like you're you're a superhero out there on a 450. I mean, tell me how it feels like to you jumping off the hooligan back onto the 450. Oh, man, yeah, it was uh, felt like it was at least more than half, you know, half the weight and uh, – I was able to definitely throw that 450 around a little more with a little more confidence because I was, I did like you're saying, I kind of felt like I was like, oh man, I must be strong or something after riding that thing. <laughs> so, uh, oh yeah, it was, I think it definitely helped me on the 450 though, for sure. Gave me a lot more confidence after, because that big bike, you kind of got to hold on to that thing or it'll get out of the hand, you know, real quick. And yeah, jumping back on that 450, it, uh, yeah, I had a lot more confidence riding it, and uh, it was it was all in all, it was a really good time. We had, we had really good starts, and um, yeah, we've been kind of gelling the past couple of weeks. With good starts have really been helping, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's all good. That's all good. <laughs> I I think you you definitely you and your dad both probably had the biggest smiles of anybody on the podium this last week, and it and it's got to be really rewarding for you and for your dad to 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 be having the success you are right now. Yeah, I, uh, definitely. We're both definitely having good times. I mean, me and him, and we uh, we work a lot just to be able to go, and really fortunate to have some you know really good supporters and partners for our team that definitely allow us to go as well. And uh, I got to give a little shout out to Jacob Vanderclay. I listened to his uh, his podcast today, and I I told him I shot him out since he shouted me out. Man, I was I'll be honest with you, Barbara Fritchie, I was pumped to beat him. I told him <laughs> he's been yeah. giving me some trouble the past couple of weeks. So uh, me and him are pretty good buddies, and. Uh, it uh he's been really pushing me and yeah it was nice to race against him and you know frederick but uh, yeah i mean i don't know we're just, we're just having a good time and just you know it's all working it's all working out so it's all good but uh really looking forward to washington coming up here um a little bum we're not going to nationals but uh i think we'll have a really good time at washington and we'll keep hitting the uh steve nace all-star series for sure we're going to go to lore city all right we'll probably go to ashland uh the following weekend here Mm-hmm. So they're all really close, you know, to where I live. So it's like, it's real nice get to go there and no rush. And so I'm pretty excited for sure. Well, these races we've been talking about, you know, Barbara Fritchie, Ashland, uh, Lore City, Wauseon are all pea gravel tracks. We, we, we obviously know that you figured that out. You can go really strong. You run up front. How do you do on the clay tracks? How do you do on the race car tracks? Growing up, I actually kind of started out more on the pea gravel tracks. And, uh, you know, I'm always used to sliding around. And then, um, remember we went to, uh, went down South for the first time, went to Savannah, Georgia. Uh, it was like one of the very first times I ever rode a big clay track. Like, and I remember I came back and I told my dad, I was like, Hey, I went in and I was really sliding around and it was kind of cool. So I, uh, I really started taking a liking to the clay tracks and, uh, but now I'm really starting to like the gravel again. Um, you kind of, kind of ride a little more loose and. I don't know. I feel like it just suits my style a little bit more. Um, but, uh, yeah, my dad definitely, you know, is a big fan of the pea gravel tracks. And here in Ohio, we're kind of in the hotbed. You know, we got a lot of nice ones within a three-hour mm-hmm. radius of us. So it's kind of hard not to like them around here for sure. <laughs> 
So, so I, I know, I know being at the motorcycle shop, it's hard to take off on Saturdays and, and go racing. Cause that's usually the motorcycle shop's busiest day. Um, is that maybe part of the reason you're not going to the, to the flat track grand championships this year? Um, I actually talked to my dad here and, uh, we, uh, actually, we, uh, we don't, we're actually not open on the weekends anymore because of racing, but, uh, we're kind of happy about that. Um, honestly, one of the main reasons we're not going to the grand championships is, uh, my bike I was planning on running on the mile, those Yamahas are, uh, they kind of want to cam chain every other race. And, uh, with me being the mechanic, it'd be kind of a big job. I feel like, you know, especially after riding the mile to put that thing in there and then try to race the next day and get all the bikes ready. So, um, kind of just ran out of time a little bit and, um, really honestly, really want to keep riding the pea gravel tracks and definitely hit more of the Steve Nace stuff. But uh, we'll definitely be around, and we're going to keep chasing the competition for sure. So uh, good. Just uh, just not making it there this uh, this year, but uh, we'll see what happens. We'll keep riding, and uh, I, mean, I don't know. Just kind of go from there. I, I love that answer. You're chasing the competition because a lot of people will will hunt and choose and figure out where the competition is not going to be, so they don't have to beat as many people. So I love that comment. You're chasing the competition. That means a lot to me. Um, besides the tracks close to home are there any other races that you're looking forward to coming up that you that you can't wait to go race oh man it's uh probably pretty obvious but ashland coming up the 24th uh for sure really excited about that and uh I'm trying to think that lower city one that's gonna be pretty cool i heard they haven't raced a, a bike there in about 40 years or something like that or maybe there has never been a motorcycle there i'm not exactly sure so i'm definitely yeah, looking I, forward to that yeah. one and uh i know van wert is coming up that's another once about three hours greenville will be coming up again i mean and if you're looking for some good racing we're we're, we're down here for sure it's always a good time yeah. to see gravel tracks there's so. a lot of stuff out here for sure uh you definitely don't talk like a, a youngster you, you i like the roots that t that you like riding the vintage stuff and you talk racing and you talk like a pro already so man i'm really looking forward to watching your career bloom uh, what are your long-term goals in flat track? Have you even thought about that? Like when you're going to turn pro or have you even thought about going pro? Um, yeah, we kind of talked about it. Um, like, like I'm kind of saying, it's kind of tough cause you know, we don't really have a mechanic. Um, and I definitely, if we did pursue that pro stuff, I would definitely love to be able to, you know, come off the track and, you know, kind of be able to relax and take it all in. But I mean, I don't know. It's definitely not out of the question. If I ever was presented a ride, I would definitely, I would definitely pursue that for sure. I was fortunate enough to uh, go, and uh, I got to spend uh, the month of January at Johnny Lewis's place this year. I gotta give a big shout out, big shout out to the uh, Moto Anatomy gang down there. I know I told them I was all gonna be on here, and they wanted me to shout them out. I was hanging out with some people like uh, Dallas Daniels and Trevor Bruner, Cole Zabala. Our buddy is Salt Aaron. Dallas is trainer donut Denny, we call him. He won't eat the donut. He's training. But uh oh man, it was uh it was a really cool experience to go down there. I know Trent Lowe was down there for a little bit and Jared Lowe. Um it was really cool to be able to go somewhere like that. And because uh, uh growing up, you know, on the Ohio cushions, I never really used the brake much, especially the vintage bike. Sometimes they didn't have brakes, so mm -hmm. um that was one thing I really wanted to go down there to learn how to do. You know, and I heard Johnny was really highly recommended. So, yeah, I got to go down there and live on my own for the month and hang out with all those guys. And uh, Ben Groh was down there, too. It was, it was just a great experience. I learned a lot. And Johnny really helped me, you know, kind of learn how to mature as a rider, especially mentally. That's something I'm really trying to work on. You know, it's a mental aspect, too, which 
you know, you think about racing and you don't really think about the mental aspect. And that's something that Jeffrey Carver is really big on too. And, uh, I feel like I'm starting to understand it a little bit more. And it's like, it's amazing, you know, your attitude and your mind, you know, before you go out, what you're thinking about and you're focusing on your line choice, you know, and kind of just being so focused. And, you know, it's amazing how all those little things like that really make a huge difference because, you know, something else too, I'm really trying to learn is like, you know, you go out there and your bike's not going to be always set up perfect, especially, you know, with, you know, my dad and I were still learning, you know, a lot in the suspension. So that's something I'm trying to learn as a rider too, is, you know, you got to go out there and you got to, you know, even if your suspension's not perfect, your gearing's not perfect, whatever, you got to go out there and you still give it your best and, you know, make the best of the situation and kind of learn to make the bike work no matter really what the circumstances are. So that's something like I know Dallas and all them guys are really big on. You know, he's uh, he's somebody I really look up to as well. He uh, He's very yeah. serious, and you know, I'm really really thankful to be able to call him my buddy. He actually cooked for me when I was down there, so that was kind of cool too. <laughs> that, that's but, awesome. <laughs> the, the AFT singles champ cooking dinner for an up-and-coming amateur rider. What did he cook for you? I got to know. Oh, man. he uh, The one night he actually cooked salmon for me. That was my first time ever having salmon. He cooked what? salmon and rice, and uh, yeah, he cooked he cooked a breakfast wrap for me the one day with some turkey bacon and avocado, and uh, you know I've always been kind of a picky eater, but I'm, that's something I'm trying to work on too. So, you know, once Dallas offered it to me, I was like, man, I kind of got to eat it, you know. Yeah, so I did, and uh, it was really cool to expand my horizons a little bit, and I uh, definitely working on that to you know help you know help everything move forward. So that was that was a pretty cool experience too. That's yeah. awesome. If you keep hanging, you know, with the fast company, you'll continue to get better, you know, and keep your mind positive mind thoughts, you know, like you said, because you know it's hard to have a perfect bike on every track. So you know, sometimes you have to adapt and make changes to go faster. So uh, a lot of that stuff's going to make you successful, not just on the racetrack, but in life as well. Yeah, and uh, you know, I've also been talking a lot with like Joe Cop and Cody. Cody always heckles me all the time, but me and him are buddies. <laughs> And uh, one of my buddies, Billy Ross, me and him always, sometimes I'll give him a call and talk to him. Just, you know, I'll just call him sometimes at night once I leave work and just talk to him about suspension, actually. It's uh, kind of a funny thing because me and him are both learning. And uh, it's nice to be able to, you know, talk to somebody that's, you know, really trying to learn about that as well. So I'm just I'm super thankful I've had the opportunity to meet so many cool people. And, you know, there's a lot of other people behind the scenes, you know, you, know, you talk to the races. Like, you know, I've gotten to talk to, like, George Roeder before, Ronnie Rawl, you know all kinds of people like that too. So it's, uh, I'm just, I don't know. Me and my dad are just having a really good time, you know, and not really much else to say besides that. We're just hanging out kind of loving That's it. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Now yeah. I got to know more about the, the trip up to, uh, up to Maryland because Sammy Sabedra said that he had gone and picked up a bike and he said it was at least in 29 crates or boxes. So tell me about the bikes you picked up and, and about that experience. Yeah, my uh, my dad's shop specializes in uh, vintage Kawasaki. We're really into like the KZ1000s, the Z1s, the the triple two strokes, and yeah, we uh, we bought a, a KZ1000 out there in uh, Pennsylvania, and Sammy went out and picked it up for us. So uh, on our way, we actually stopped first, and uh, we stopped in Connecticut, picked up a motorcycle. Then we went out to Massachusetts, bought a Z1 for our collection, and. Uh, now on the way back we through went to pennsylvania and picked it up unfortunately sammy had to get going but uh we picked it up and uh yeah we were actually so packed on bikes we had to we bought a moped we were out there batavis moped 
we had to take apart that bike. We got, you know, Sammy picked up for us. We'd take it apart and we put that in the moped in our sleeping area. I actually got to sleep next to the, some motorcycles on the way, which is pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, it all worked out. We we're definitely packed to the brim, but, uh, that's what gets us to the races. So we're the road dogs. So it, it all works out. <laughs> that's, that's so cool. So cool. And so real in the life of a privateer, man. I mean, some people will never experience that, but just, you know, packing your van full to the rim just so you can get to the next race. I, I love it. I love your story. Uh, we, we appreciate you taking time away from work to talk to us here on the podcast, but it's, it's time for Graham's question. And Graham Watt was so excited to hear how you do at the, at the amateur grand. So she's going to be a little disappointed that you're not going there, but she wants to know who do you model your racecraft after? Oh man. I mean, I obviously always looked up to my dad a lot. Um, and like I was saying, Dallas Daniels, I really, really look up to him, especially once I got to, you know, hang out with him and see how he, uh, he does everything trying to really trying to model after him and definitely Jeffrey Carver as well too. It's, uh, those two guys are, you know, some of the main two guys that I really look up to. And, uh, you know, Jeffrey does things, you know, kind of way off from what everybody else does. And a lot of times it works out pretty well, too. So I'm kind of trying to take it all in and you know, take the positive, positives from everybody I meet and uh, trying to put it all together is what we're trying. So I love it. He he had, he had nothing but great things to say about you. We had him on the podcast earlier before you got to come on. So he had nothing but great things to say about you. So keep doing what you're doing. Uh, we wrap up the podcast with our rapid fire questions. Tell me the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you these next few questions. Are you ready? Yeah. Favorite bike you've ever ridden? Oh, man. I'm going to have to say my, uh, my KX250 night frame. She handles like a dream with the 35 millimeter forks. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's probably my favorite. Favorite racetrack? Washington, Ohio, for sure, for the Vintage Nationals. Okay. Who's your favorite flat tracker of all time? Ricky Graham. I uh, I never got to see him ride, but uh, I found the, the Ricky Graham store and VHS tape that my dad ordered a long time ago, and I've probably I'm actually scared to watch it anymore because I've watched it so many times. I don't want to I don't want to break the VCR the tape itself. <laughs> But uh, he's definitely somebody I also look up to for sure. And, uh, you know, Rocket, Ricky Graham, watching him just – I remember watching him in that in that movie just uh, coming from the back row, like fourth row, Springfield Mile, and winning it. You know, it's like – that's just absolutely unreal. Yeah. So I definitely he, wish I could have met him for sure. He was incredible. He did stuff on a motorcycle nobody ever did before and will ever do again. Um, yeah. Who's your favorite person? favorite person to go bench racing with? Oh, man. I'm not exactly sure what bench racing is, actually. Sitting here talking about motorcycle racing or any kind of racing. So just somebody that you like to talk racing with. Oh, man. Jeffrey's always a good call when he answers. He's, he's always busy doing something, but once in a while he'll answer me. Or uh, Larry Zumbrum's really good to talk to as well. I like picking his brain for sure, too. Do you keep up You know, do you do keep up with AFT and, and watch the races? Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm actually uh, helping out some of my buddies once in a while in the pits there and kind of gain some experience but yeah i've been uh, been trying to keep up with it the best i can for sure okay so that leads me to my next question who is the next first time champion and you can pick whichever class you'd like but who do you think will win a, their first championship in aft um i think either max will or cody cop has a pretty good chance for being the next first time uh winner but uh okay. you know you got so many fast guys you know it's definitely going to be putting up a pretty good fight so I've ridden some vintage bikes, and I'm not going to tell you which ones I've ridden, but you tell me, what is the perfect vintage flat track bike for me? I'm six foot two, 
putting on a little bit of weight. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little bit heavier than I was when I raced. But what's a perfect vintage bike for me to race? Oh, man. I, mean, I feel uh, kind of repetitive saying this, but I think that Cow 250 I got, I think you'd like something like that. All it's right. Such a blast. All right. <laughs> I, I wrote I wrote a Honda 250 for a little while when I was coming up through the ranks, uh -huh. but never a Cow 250. But uh, let me see here. Yeah. So since Carter doesn't know how to ride that well, we're going to get him on a bike here real soon. He knows how to ride a scooter. What is a good mm -hmm. vintage pit bike for him? Uh, I'm almost thinking for him, maybe a four stroke would be good to start out because you don't really have to ring, you know, don't have to ring it out. Um, I'm almost thinking maybe like an XL 250 or 350 or something would be good pretty good starter bike for him perfect perfect we got to get him on two wheels here before too much longer this yeah. next one's a, a new question for us but what makes you happier seeing your hard work pay off with the good results or seeing that smile on your dad's face in victory lane oh man i probably say my dad uh me and him are together so often uh sometimes we get a little stressed out together but uh yeah seeing him happy i mean i'm so thankful he takes the time to you know, go to all the races with me and support my program and, you know, do all the things he does. I definitely wouldn't have, uh, you know, any nearly the opportunity I have now if it wasn't for him. So I try to make him uh, as happy as I definitely can go out there and, you know, get my best all the time. So it's really rewarding for me to, uh, you know, be able to put in some good rides for him for sure. So. Thanks all that stress and, and uh, stressful and, and hard moments all worthwhile when you get to see that big smile when you get in victory lane. Yeah, it does for sure. It does for sure. <laughs> Last rapid fire question. What are you most proud of? Uh, I would say um, working on my own bikes. Um, I really uh, I really put a lot of effort into that. And, uh, you know, I've had a lot of people, you know, kind of teach me. And, uh, you know, it means a lot to me to be able to pretty much take my Yamaha completely apart by myself. And I, I usually do it after hours and everybody's, you know, at home or my dad's going home to, you know, cut the grass or whatever so i don't have to do it so uh once i'm able you know he comes back and he's like how's the bike and i'm able to you know got it running correctly and put everything back together myself you know it uh feels really uh rewarding and i feel like it definitely helps me as a rider to be able to know you know everything that's going on and um yeah probably for sure that you know work on working on them so uh, that's some that's amazing you know uh I, I i can't i can't even do that you know i've been around motorcycles my whole life but i can't even tear one down like that and, and put it back together so it's it's something that's not talked about enough but when when a rider can speak to that and fix the things themselves i think it makes everything a lot easier yeah um it's definitely been a process and uh you know our shop works only the vintage so i kind of had to learn how to work on these uh these modern yamahas but uh we're getting pretty familiar with them. Um, not definitely not an expert, pretty far from an expert, but uh, we're getting pretty familiar. And uh, what's nice is, you know, I can go out there and if something's not right, I can definitely feel it and, you know, listen to it. And I can usually pinpoint exactly what it would be, but we've had, you know, really good luck with the Yamahas actually. We were really happy with them. So it's uh, working out pretty good so far. That's awesome. Well, I've enjoyed talking to you. Uh, thanks again for taking time out of your busy day at, at the shop uh, to talk to us here on the podcast. And before we let you go, do you want to say thanks to anybody? Yeah, I, uh, I definitely do want to give you know some of the people some credit that uh, definitely helped me get to the races. Uh, first and foremost, you know I'd like to thank my dad and Johnny's Vintage Motorcycle. I'd like to thank Larry Zumbrum for uh, always, you know, answering my call and uh, building me some great motors and walking me through everything and being a good buddy. 
Um, Ed at Ace Powder Coatings really helping out my program, really helps us get to the races. And, uh, you know, he also helps our shop out. Um, our mechanic here, Hilo, he uh, is teaching me how to work on bikes and lets me ride a lot of his vintage Harleys and vintage Kawasaki's. Uh, Spectral Oils have really stepped up this year for my program. EBC brakes, can filters. Um, huge shout out to Michael Mallory at Turn Left Leathers. He's really helped me. Uh, he's, he's actually, you know, helped me out. My first, I, you know, he's my first suit I've ever gotten made for me was, uh, was him. Houseman Racing's really helped me out. Uh, Mr. Tim Houseman, I really appreciate you. Uh, Wiseco, Kenda Power Sports, S100 Cycle Cleaner, Paragon Goggles, Thor, Motocross Gears really helped me out. Recluse really helps me uh, get some really great starts in the 450s. That makes it a lot easier. My stepmom has really been really helpful for me. Uh, I'd like to thank Zach Bailey's mom, Harmony Ann. She really helps me out with, uh, you know, when I try to go after new sponsors and, you know, create new partnerships. Uh, Lowbrow Customs helps me get to the races. And, they're, you know, it's just I'm so thankful to have the opportunity and all the people behind me, you know, really helps us get there. So it's uh, it's all good. We're uh, I really appreciate you uh, actually having me on. I was really looking forward to this for a long time, and I was hoping I would get the call, but I wasn't sure. So I really appreciate it, and uh, it was a good time. Absolutely, man. You've you've definitely earned it. You're you're doing great things. You're getting faster every time I see you. So I keep saying your name a whole lot. And uh, thanks again for coming on here. And uh, and good luck at Wauseon, and we'll see you down the road. All right, Scotty. Thank you very much for having me. Now, hopefully, we'll talk to you soon. I've wanted to have that guy on all year Dude, long. I'm telling you. For, for you folks, for you folks listening at <laughs> home. Carter's wanted to have him on since March 7th yeah. of this year. Every every week. I don't every even... Week. Can we have Johnny Bob on? Can we have Johnny Bob? Let's let's call Johnny Bob. I'm, t- I'm like... It's not like that. Let's that. wait. Let's wait. He's just... <laughs> he's a genuine, real dude. Like, I sat on the back of a, a trailer with him in, in Savannah earlier this year, and I didn't know him from anybody. I just bullshit with him a little while, and just, like, the vibe you get. He's, like, a real genuine dude. He's very appreciative. He's... He works his ass off to go do what he loves. And how can you not love that about somebody? So, um, you know, he's found a lot of success here in the previous weeks. And I I just stopped asking. I just told you. We're doing it this week. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I didn't realize he was a third generation flat tracker. I knew yes. his dad raced. I knew his dad had a shop and stuff like that. So, man, it seems like the more people we talk to, the more third generation flat trackers we find. They're so, everywhere, I dude. love it. It's really cool. Yeah, and that was like... like on him and his dad you and your your dad like come on like it's a good story and dude like i don't know just hearing hearing a little bit more of the details of of you know where he came from and what he how he got into it it only makes me uh appreciate him more and and want to follow and see him succeed more so uh appreciate him taking the time and dad giving him the time and again if anybody has a twin yes a vintage twin that's gonna be at wasion Johnny Bo was looking for a ride. He might be too shy to come up and talk to you, so you might have to go find him. He'll be yes. number 35, uh, but he would be a good rider to put on a vintage twin for the uh, pro class down there at Wauseon, which is Friday night when our pops normally comes out. But we're dropping it early to try to get Johnny Bo a ride. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, cool, man. That, that was a hell of an episode. I'm stoked on this episode. Is that is that your new favorite episode? Yes, this is my new favorite episode. <laughs> uh, every yeah, that's what that was. That's what when somebody's what's your what's your favorite race? The next one. That's yep. that's what I say. Yep. What's your favorite podcast? The so, next one. Every one the that la- we do. The last is, the last 
No, the last one you should say. The last one. The last one we did was your favorite. Eh, the next one. Okay. No, because the last one is right. talking about that was uh, that could be the last one. No, the next one because there's always the next one. That's why. Okay. We're al- we're almost to two hundred. No, we're not. That, right? No, we're not. We're not even close. Whew. Whew. Yeah, we are. We're like a month and a half away, bro. You know what happens in a month and a half? A lot. Everything. Everything. Exactly. It better happen. Say, <laughs> it better happen man, in the next I'm, month and I'm a half get, for me. <laughs> I might. I might get. <laughs> I might get home. I might be able to do, sleep in my own bed, do some laundry and stuff. But uh, mm. no, I'm just kidding. I, I. You know what? I don't. I don't want a real job. I, I would rather travel like this, live out of my vehicle, <laughs> stay with my friends, stay in hotels, than than get a real job Amen. any day. Amen. And uh, I know that you were excited about that August 8th weekend off, but uh, we may... Man. <laughs> we may have may found have to go to New York. I wonder I wonder where we have to fly into, because I'm not driving that far. We that's may for sure. have found... Uh, we may have found something to do for that weekend, so we got to talk a little bit more about that. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, we'll figure that out. Um, anything else on this one? I just want to say... I just want to say thanks to our patrons. Tim Reardon's been chiming in. Uh, Tracy Jones. Hey, Tracy. Um, my, my twin brother, Brad Benson's in here. He, I'm going to see him at the Flat Track Grand Championships. Rhonda. And, uh, everybody else. Yeah, Rhonda. Everybody else that supports us, we appreciate it. Thanks to our thanks to our patrons. Thanks to all of our listeners. Tell your friends. Smash that like button. Leave us some feedback. Uh, send us a message if you want to hear from somebody. If you want us to talk to somebody, whether it's an amateur rider, uh, an up-and-comer, uh, a vintage rider, Anybody in our sport, it doesn't matter. Team owners, we've had Dave and Rhonda on before. It doesn't matter. Everybody has his place, and we want to hear everybody's story. All right, man. All right. Well, I gotta go eat. I gotta go eat some dinner and uh, get ready, pack up my stuff, and I'll head out tomorrow back to Illinois for uh, some some more flat track racing. I can hear all the dogs going nuts upstairs. It's time to go eat. I hear him. Uh, tell Daryl. I said, hey, give him a big hug for me, and uh, I will. Sure will. Uh, you boys have fun in Decoin. I'll uh, I'll talk to you next week. Yep. Have fun in Minnesota. Talk to you guys later. All right. Peace. Later. Me and Max were riding this morning, and me and him just passing each other every corner back and forth. So good. He's fucking. He's got a bigger mustache than I do. <laughs> <laughs> he's rocking it. I love it, dude.